0: Rocket Recovery is a podcast and community for those who suffer from addictive, selfish sexual behavior. If you can remember anything from our time together, think on this, you are not alone. There are many of us who have suffered and have found a solution that works. We now live happy, joyous, and free lives. We know that this may feel completely unattainable for you right now, but be assured peace and serenity can be found in this life for you too. Rocket Recovery seeks to demystify recovery. There are simple steps to take, but a hard path to follow. We'll support you with principles, maxims, mantras to sustain you on your journey. We'll introduce you to those who will guide you. And remember, you are not alone. On this episode of Rocket Recovery, We cover the promises of recovery found on pages 83 to 84 of the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. As a recovering addict progresses through the steps, wonderful insights and realizations about themselves come to the surface. The Big Book acknowledges that usually our closest friends and supporters in recovery see improvements in our behavior before we ourselves do. It's difficult for us to comprehend that our lives could indeed be different, that we are actually changing and becoming better people. Around step nine, these promises begin to be realized by the addict themselves. It is a wonderful discovery, and it's the topic that we cover today. Enjoy. Hello, everybody. My name is Zach, and I am a recovering addict. On today's episode, we will be covering the promises of recovery. So in these promises, which will be found on pages 83 and 84 of the book of Alcoholics Anonymous, the blue book, they're, right in, they're in chapter six. Chapter six is into action. And these promises are presented as a part of step nine. In the process, which involves making amends, so as a uh, um, as a whole, the twelve steps are intended to serve as an introduction to how we are, how we ought to live in this world. As addicts, we are confused, we are scatterbrained, we're all over the place, we are run by our. Uh, addictions. Um, they, it, it forces us to make decisions that, in, uh, on better days, we would probably not be making. It betrays us. It stabs us in the back. We sabotage ourselves with, with these decisions that we make. But with the 12 steps, we are able to establish a new pattern of living in life. We are to seek a, uh, a higher road. Um, this is the path of happy destiny. That we have been given this new set of tools with which we construct our lives are given to us through the 12 steps now there's an old timer in alabama birmingham alabama i heard him give a talk a few years back and he introduced a uh, a split in the 12 steps and it was at was right after step nine So in the first nine steps, it introduces us to the way of recovery, and steps 10, 11, and 12 are the habits of recovery. So introduction to the ways of recovery, or the way of being in recovery, and the actions of recovery. This is the daily action, steps 10, 11, and 12. And then as a whole, as a theme, through the first nine steps, we're looking at the first three steps being an understanding of God and coming to terms with God. The next three steps, four, five, and six, and a little bit of seven, is coming to terms with ourselves. Is really digging in and understanding, just like you did with God in steps one, two, and three, you're digging in and understanding yourself your hurts and your hang-ups, the things in your life that are leading you astray, that are taking you out of the fight, if you will. That is the whole purpose of steps four, five, six, and seven. And then finally, we come to steps eight and nine, and those are concerned primarily with how we deal and interact with others. Steps eight and nine are the amends steps is where we have clearing conversations. We acknowledge the fact that we have been in the wrong, that there is some sort of a um, rift in the relationship that we have. And obviously we're not gonna go and do this with anyone. We're gonna acknowledge the fact that there is a relationship and that it's been broken, that the pattern of living that we have established up to that point has been troublesome to the relationship. It has introduced strife and a break in how deep the relationship could have actually been. It's a taking of responsibility. And as specific, this is how I specifically take responsibility for it. And then also there's a commitment to make that relationship right. If it's a specific individual action, like paying back money that you've stole, Uh, stolen, then, of course, you would pay that back as part of your amends process. Um, It may also be a commitment to a new pattern of living, a new way of living um, that you have with other people. And then you go on through steps 10, 11, and 12 and recycle that uh, pattern of introspection uh, with God and myself um, with uh, working with other people and seeking to better their lives by passing along this wonderful, wonderful new way of living that we have given to uh, others. So we see that the culmination of steps one through nine, which, as our friend and brother in Alabama have said, is the introduction to this new way of living is probably the, it is the culmination of that. Step nine is making amends to others. That's probably the most difficult part of the entire process, is talking to other people and admitting your wrongs to them, specifically how you hurt them, how you damaged that specific relationship. Up to that point, you've been dealing with uh, God and the concept of God and coming to terms with you know the fact there's a higher power, and uh, that higher power can be personal to you, and that there's a relationship that can be formed, a trust that can be established between the goodness of God of this higher power in helping you in your recovery process, and you come to ter- uh, come to rely and trust on the fact that this higher power is there. That's that's perfectly fine and dandy. It needs to happen. It's absolute, but it's between you and God. There's really not any other person involved necessarily with that. And so the challenge, even though dealing with God can definitely be a challenge, it's not with other people, which is other people's view of God and the world around them. Uh, intersecting with your view of God and the world around you, and how relationships ought to be, etc. It's infinitely a million times more complex in interpersonal relationships. And so it culminates with that. It's the most difficult part of that. Because you've made peace with God, you've made peace with yourself, now it's time to make peace with those that are around you, and specifically those that you have harmed and that you were able to identify as you were doing your inventory. So as you're going through that step nine, that difficult process of saying, I was wrong. I take responsibility for it. How can I make this right? And I hope someday, somehow you'll find it in your heart to forgive me. Not asking for for forgiveness right then and there, but to, I I hope that you can forgive me for this. (laughs) There's a, um, humility that's involved in asking uh, and making an amends in that specific way. Making that commitment moving forward where there's a will, there's a way, I'm going to make this happen. As you put yourself out there, as you lay yourself bare, as you split yourself wide open in vulnerability with another person that you don't know whether they're going to forgive you, you don't know if bringing up this hurtful, painful pattern that you've noticed in your life, that it could perpetuate it, that it could make it worse, that it could bubble it up to the top. It's painful. It can be messy. And as you as a recovering addict dig into that, wonderful new horizons begin to emerge for you. You begin to see, wow, there's There's something special about getting down into this low place. There's something special with ending up on your knees, begging for forgiveness. There's something powerful about opening yourself up and being vulnerable with another person, with another human being. There's a laying down of ego, a getting rid of anything on your side of the fence. And there's some power. And you begin to realize some things. You begin to realize it's not that bad. And everything that I've been learning up to this point, the challenges that I faced in dealing with God and going into my own cave and fighting the, the, the demons and the monsters that are inside of me and the humbling of pride that goes into falling on your knees before somebody else, admitting you're wrong without pointing the finger and showing how they may have been wrong, which they very well could have been. That's a very, very powerful thing. And you begin to realize some things, and these are laid out specifically. These realizations are laid out on pages 83 and 84 of the big book of AA. These are the AA promises, and funnily enough, (laughs) as... It so happens to be within AA, within the anonymous program, there's 12 steps, there's 12 traditions, and guess what? You got it. There's 12 promises of recovery. I'd love to go into those after that brief introduction and dig into each one of these 12 promises of recovery. We'll address each uh, quickly, um, but there's 12 of them, so it'll take a little bit of time and I hope you can stick with us. All right, so the first promise of recovery, we are going to know a new freedom and a new happiness. So as you finish the 12 steps, you experience relief from the suffering of addiction and broad new horizons are opened up in front of you. Uh, The concept of the three circles uh, from SAA uh, the red circle being the place that you're not supposed to go. Uh, the forbidden zone, if you will. Uh, the yellow circle, anything that leads in that direction, that tempts you, that uh, cause, or uh, creates urges within you. And then there's everything else in life, which is the green zone. Well, that green zone, what is that new life? What is that new experience that I can have without my addictive behaviors. I can, I'm free to pursue a new life. We are going to know a new freedom and a new happiness. Of course, happiness is going to follow with that kind of a realization. I'm free to do whatever I want to do. I am so happy. I am not bound in my addiction. Promise number two, we will not regret the past nor wish to shut the door on it. As those that work the program, they gain a sense of acceptance of the past and it allows, allows you to kind of process your experiences, to learn from those experience as, experiences as you've processed them and to kind of move on without guilt, without shame. I've processed these thoroughly. And that's steps five and six and seven. I've talked this through with someone else. I've asked God to remove these, these difficulties from me, the, the things that hold me back, and I'm moving forward without guilt. I've actually processed them and I'm learning from them. We will not regret the past nor wish to shut the door on it. Promise number three, we will comprehend the word serenity. Addiction leads to a constant state of turmoil inside of you. You are constantly on edge, constantly out of balance, constantly worried and bubbling up inside you. That's what addiction does inside of a person. Uh, there's that, that itch that uh, I got to have some, you know, the scratching that happens. There's That's a physical manifestation. And if you've ever seen the Chappelle show and his character, you know, the crack addict, And he's like scratching himself and everything. Scratching like that, that's a physical manifestation of that inner turmoil that's going on. And addiction leads to that constant state of inner turmoil. And the AA program, the 12 Steps, helps people find calmness and serenity. That is just, it's unheard of. It's really rare when you're actively using and actively acting out and behaving in a way that is not healthy. You don't experience that calmness, that inner turmoil is with you at all times. And a lot of addicts have never even known that ever in their lives. And so beginning to comprehend the word serenity is powerful, powerful. Promise number four, we will know peace fourth promise kind of builds on the third promise. So comprehending the word serenity, next we will know peace. And we acknowledge that a life of peace, undisturbed tranquility will be experienced in this life and also in the next. That we're here and everything is going to be okay. Promise number four, we will know peace. Number five, No matter how far down the scale we have gone, we will see how our experience can benefit others. Many of the people that deal with substance abuse, behavioral disorders, such as sex addicts, um, addiction, we don't believe that other people understand what we're going through. Uh, There's a saying in AA, it takes an addict to know an addict. It's because I, I can't believe that anyone else will n- knows what my experience has been. We feel, as addicts, completely isolated. Nobody knows what my experience is. And it's, it's a deep core ache no one knows. And when we go into the rooms of AA, when we enter into that room of Sex Addicts Anonymous, I meet people that have felt the exact same way. I can identify with their struggles. I remember doing something like that. I've done exactly that. Oh my gosh, you felt that way too? Those are all realizations and sayings that, you know, comments that I've heard so many times. I never knew that I could meet people that understood and identified with what I'm going through. And that because that, and because of what those people have learned in the rooms that I come to realize, especially as I've gone through the steps, that my experience can benefit others too. That when I show up into a room as a recovered addict, and I meet that new addict, and that new addict is saying, oh my gosh, I never knew that there were people that felt this way. I can identify with you. You as that recovered addict can identify right back to them and say, these are my experiences. This is what I've learned from them and you can learn from it too. No matter how far down the scale we've gone, we'll see how our benefit experience can benefit others. Promise number six, that feeling of uselessness and self-pity will disappear. That feeling of uselessness and self-pity will disappear. Addiction makes people feel worthless. Addiction makes people feel worthless, guilty about their actions, Full of shame. I am a horrible person instead of I do horrible things. I am a horrible person. It, addiction makes you feel worthless. Working the steps helps people feel that their lives have meaning, have purpose, and that I can help other people. That feeling of uselessness and self pity disappears. I can make a difference in this world. I'm not this messed up person. I'm not worthless. It's powerful. The feeling of uselessness and self-pity disappears. Number seven, we will lose interest in selfish things and gain interest in our fellows. Addiction leads people to very, very self-centered behaviors. In the pursuit of my addictive substance or, you know, gaining access to it, I am going to run roughshod over everybody. I will bite and claw. I will push people out of the way. I will step on them in order to get my fix. Helping other people as you work the program, helping other people find recovery brings addicts outside of themselves. Instead of curling in on yourself and, staring at your own belly button and woe is me and what have I done and everything. Bringing people out of themselves by helping others, it helps people develop a genuine interest in other people. I genuinely am interested in you. I want to know what's going on with you. And the more that I do that, the more that I realize, man, it's just I I, I don't want to deal with myself anymore. I don't want to worry about this. Number eight, well, number seven, sorry, we will lose interest in selfish things and gain interest in our fellows. Promise number eight, self-seeking will slip away. So that we're in tunnel vision mode when we're addicts, we only focus on ourselves and are acting out, that tunnel vision, that, that, that self-interest fades away. It just goes away and the self-seeking slips away as we consume ourselves with helping other people. Promise number nine, our whole attitude and outlook upon life will change. Working the program of recovery shifts a perspective from hopelessness to hope, from guilt to cleanliness, to from, from, oh, woe is me to wow, how can I help others? Our attitude and outlook upon life, we, we we begin to imagine life where I'm actually happy, where I can actually have relationships, that I can bring a genuine, authentic person to the table and not somebody that's consumed with my selfishness and my addictions and how I've let people down and oh my gosh, why would anyone want to deal with me? Right? I can imagine wow, life can be happy. So nine, our whole attitude and outlook upon life will change. Number 10, fear of people and of economic insecurity will leave us. And addicts who recover through SAA, you don't feel like you have to continually hide or worry about how to support your addiction, um, how to pay for the prostitutes, how to gain access to you know, weirder and, and creepier and funkier porn, buying your your substances, your alcohol, your drugs, you know, finding something else so that you can go gamble, being able to make the minimum table bet, you know, all that sort of stuff. I don't have to hide or sneak around or worry about how I'm gonna support myself in in my addition. And I can actually start to maintain financial stability. That I can actually, you know, buy a house that I can have a car, that I can put a down payment on a, uh, on an apartment and I don't have to couch surf. It's just, it's that, that fear of being known and being exposed. It goes away. Number 11, we will intuitively know how to handle situations which used to baffle us. As you, as a, member of of SAA you get deeper into the recovery process I begin to see situations more clearly I can start to tap into inner resources that I have I, I start to develop a god consciousness as the big book says I begin to intuit and navigate life by a gut feeling that's actually serves me well We will intuitively know how to handle situations which used to baffle us. And promise number 12, we will suddenly realize that God is doing for us what we could not do for ourselves. And this is one of my most favorite AA maxims and sayings. Suddenly realize that God is doing for us what we could not do for ourselves. Everything in life that I had done up to my recovery process, every book that I've read, every website that I went to, every no-fap challenge that I went on, um, every person that I talked to, every therapist or counselor that I went and visited and pay big bucks to, none of that worked. You know, my own willpower and pulling myself up by my bootstraps and, you know, cinching my belt tighter and all of that stuff. I could not do this on my own. And that's step one in the entirety is step one and two of the entirety of the AA program. And when I, when I, when I do that the first time around, it's very, um, okay, we'll see how this goes (laughs) type of feeling. But as you work the program, as you begin to realize, hey, this is something that I can actually rely on. This is something that is serving me well. God can be trusted. He's coming through for me. Wow. And then promise number 12 just kind of dawns on us. I suddenly realize that God is doing for me everything that I tried to do on my own before. And all I had to do was lay down and stop worrying and just trust God. This concept of a higher power is. Absolutely central and core to the 12 step AA process. And, you know, whether it's God or something else, this higher power becomes your guiding force. It becomes the thing that keeps you grounded in reality, keeps you connected to your recovered self your Dr. Jekyll, instead of going nuts on your Mr. Hyde, we suddenly realize that God is doing for us what we could not do for ourselves. And those are the 12-step promises. Those are the things that you come to realize as you work your program of recovery, as you are halfway through the uh, recovery process, Um, It's or the, the, the ninth step, oops, You're halfway through the ninth step uh, process, and you're talking to these people, and you're coming to realize, oh my gosh, this is where the shift happens. This is where I come alive. This is where I begin to realize, wow, God is doing something here I couldn't do for myself, and I'm so grateful for it. So that is today's episode of the Rocket Recovery Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. I'll talk to you next time. Bye. You've been listening to the Rocket Recovery Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. You can catch us on our socials. We're on Instagram, YouTube, and Facebook. You can listen to us on Spotify, Anchor FM, or wherever you get your podcasts. Also, please remember to rate us five stars on Apple Podcasts. That would really help us out. Our website is rocketrecovery.org. If you have any suggestions for an episode topic, please email us at admin at rocketrecovery.org. Thank you again for supporting us. Please make sure to subscribe, like, and share us with all your friends and all those that would benefit from our work. Help us get the word out of happiness, joy, and freedom from your addictions. And remember... You are not alone.